0: Hey, hey, you're back at the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're at episode 87. And today we're chatting with my book coach and consultant, Linda Diggle from Book Boffin, all about self-publishing and how I brought Play Big Brand Bold to life. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business, brand, and big idea. Hey, welcome back. It is amazing to have you here. I'm super excited. This is the second last podcast episode for 2019. Get out of town. I can't believe we're here. I've got a really special episode scheduled for next week that I can't wait to share with you. I'm going to keep it a little secret but I'm super excited to share what's coming next week. And I think it's going to be a really awesome way to end off the year. So how are you? How are you feeling? What's happening? Are you excited? Are you tired? Are you, where are you? What's going on? Let me know on Insta stories, tag me and say, Suze, I am ready for 2020 or just, you know, let me lie down for at least three weeks. You can just, just let me know. I would love to hear how you're going. Now if this is your first time here then hey welcome to the podcast. I'm your host Suze Chadwick. This podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange, and I work with savvy business owners to help you build a confidently bold brand, articulate a powerful message, and attract the kind of clients that you want so you can keep playing bigger and branding bolder. Now, today on the podcast, I am super excited to have my book coach and consultant, Linda Diggle from Book Boffin. We're talking all about self-publishing. Obviously, when I publish Play Big Brand Bold, and I have said to you many, many times, if you listened to the podcast before, didn't have a clue, did not have a clue about how I was going to get my 45,000 odd words from a Word document into a beautiful book that you can find at playbigbrandbold.com and obviously purchase today. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to make that happen and I was very fortunate that I've got an amazing network of women and the fabulous Tina Towers uh, said to me, I have got the woman for you. So I connected with Linda and she made it all come to life, which I just couldn't be happier with. Um, I thought that the process was not as hard as I thought it was going to be, but you know, that's what happens when you, Hire somebody who knows so much more than you to get things done that you don't have a clue how to do. So I was super excited to hire Linda, and I've been saying to her for ages, You have to come on the podcast because I really want to talk about this because there was so much I didn't know. When I say so much, like nothing. I didn't know anything about self-publishing. I didn't know how it was going to work. I didn't know how I was going to make it happen. Um, And I just, yeah, I'm so thrilled with the end result. So that is what we're going to be talking about today. But before we do dive in, I just want to remind you that two things is that first of all, if you are about to go into review and planning mode, then you can grab the free Your Best Year Yet Review and Planner document, which is super comprehensive. And I would really highly recommend It's free. Go to my website. It's in the sign up bar. You can grab it and start working on it today. And it really takes you through how your year has been in a lot of different ways. So it's not just financial. It's like, how did it feel? What worked? What didn't work? So that you can really start planning for 2020 in the right way. So make sure you head to the connectionexchange.com. grab your best year yet. It's free. Planner and review so that you can start using that. I use it when I review my business. So it's good. Trust me, it's good. And you can grab it for yourself as well. That's the first thing. The second thing is that there's going to be some news coming on Brand Builders Academy. So make sure that you go over there and join the wait list so that you find out when the next round is going live, but also some other news on BBA that you're not gonna want to miss out on as well. Okay. So that is the second thing. And obviously, today we're talking about how you can publish your own book. And so if you want to grab a copy of Play Big Brown Bold, then you can go to playbigbrandbold.com and you can grab it. And thank you to everybody that's already bought it. I love seeing all the pictures on Insta stories and Instagram of where you're reading it, whether you're walking on a pier, you're walking on the beach, people are walking a lot and reading my book. So be very careful to stay safe whilst you're walking and reading. I did say to somebody the other day, please don't fall off the pier while you're reading my book. That would not be good. Uh, So yeah, but thank you so much for all your support. It's been amazing. But hey, I really want to dive into this week's episode. So I hope that you enjoy it. And if you do have any questions, then make sure you hit me up on Insta Stories or anywhere else that you want to connect. Uh, And you can tag Linda and myself on Insta Stories as well. And you can find all of her links in the show notes. But hey, let's dive in. Linda, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thanks for having me, Suze. My pleasure. Now, uh, Linda and I met this year through Tina Towers because I was chatting with Tina and I'm like, I've written this book and now I have no idea how to make it happen. I guess I thought the fairies would, um, would make it happen and then I found out that Linda was the fairy that I needed. never been described as a fairy but I like it (laughs) (laughs) which I loved so um so obviously I've given a little bit of an intro to you Linda but for my community they know I sort of wrote play big brand bold I did a word document and I really I find it quite bizarre that I had no idea what I was actually going to do with it or how I was going to bring it to life. Um, And so we're going to be talking today about some of the assumptions or mistakes that people make as well as some tips if you're wanting to self-publish and what that looks like as well today. But before we kind of dive into all of that, how Mm. did you get started?
1: Um, Going way back, um, my background's in project management and marketing, and I first became involved in book launches um, in 2005. It makes me sound so old, I don't like saying that. (laughs) Um, But back in my project management event days, where um, the author was attached to a traditional publisher, so involved elaborate launches in the hopes of getting on lists and things, and then soon after, I started getting more involved in launches for authors self-publishing their books, um, where there was only... Um, not only the marketing but there's also the production involved um, and those were the days before print on demand and before ebooks. so all that involved all the elements of production and fulfillment so um, I actually consider myself quite fortunate to have had the experience because now I truly appreciate all the amazing formats and technologies available today but also, um, I guess I have the foundational knowledge of the more traditional models because I find parts of the industry are still kind of working to those more traditional models, yeah. um, as we found with Tina. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, But then over the years, as these sort of technologies started becoming available, such as print-on-demand and then the explosion of e-books and audio books, um, it's opened up the awareness for many people. And these opportunities to publish are available to them. And also they have the awareness that they don't have to do it all themselves, um, which is kind of where I come in.
0: Yeah. And I kind of met a few people a while ago who had done it all themselves through different Mm. sites. Uh, And I did go and look at them and I was just like, I just feel like I want somebody who knows more than me. Like I could go and just do this, But I'm like, am I missing something? Is there somebody that can contribute more here? Is there, you know, more I could be doing with it? So I think for me, if, you know, there is definitely the route of you can just go online and work it out Mm, and do it yourself. Absolutely can, yeah. But I feel like I didn't really have a great or a clear idea of what I wanted. I had some preconceived ideas of what I thought it should look like. And I feel like when I spoke to you, you know, it was very different. The reality was very different to maybe what I thought. So I'd love to talk about, because I know you work with so many different authors and I'm sure you chat with people who maybe you don't work with as well, who don't maybe go forward with it um, too. But what are all of the assumptions that people make or what are some of the mistakes that, that people are making when it comes to how they go about bringing their book to life?
1: Yeah, I guess. So there's sort of, there's the writing part of it. So like you said, that yeah. <laughs> the writing process took a little while. Um, but then once, you know, once we had, had got really clear about a few things, it became quite straightforward. And I guess that's the thing, like there is so much out there. And, and I, I love the fact that there's so much information today saying you can just do it yourself and you absolutely can. And I love that that's available. Um, but also when you're being a little bit more strategic particularly when it's a book that is going to do something for your business um sometimes someone um someone's path is not your path so it's it just helps to get really clear on um, one your writing and then two your publishing. So I guess if you're breaking it down into writing, um, if you don't have a plan for writing your book so um, some people don't consider themselves a writer or if they've not undergone some sort of formal training of writing um, when it comes to then sitting down writing books sometimes it goes one of two ways.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> and I constantly say I am not a writer I'm a speaker but yeah how does it go so... two ways? Well, they'll sit down
1: and start randomly writing their thoughts and documenting their expertise and uh, not really sort of outlining or planning out the messaging first. Um, And that can sometimes result in fatigue or overwhelm or sometimes shelving the project until, you know, you have more time to devote to it because as business owners, we only have so much time to devote to each project. Um, or they could power through it if <laughs> yeah. a real A-type personality just power through it and then send it to people or an editor for feedback, I mean, it will fast-track things. Um, and the feedback that comes back sometimes makes them realise that they have a lot more work ahead of them um, and then perhaps get a bit deflated about the whole idea. So that's kind of one thing that can happen. Um, or perhaps some people look at what they've already got, such as podcast crap podcast transcripts that's not even yeah. just what it would be um, video transcripts blog posts and they just try and mush it all together without really theming it out first so mm-hmm. or even asking the VA to place it all in a word doc um, and it all just sort of ends up a little bit of a jumble um sort of this kind of mishmash of wisdom um, and it doesn't really have a lot of action for the reader so mm-hmm. um <laughs> you know, the the articulate messaging that you've got like doesn't really come through and it becomes this diluted um, sort of unrecognisable form of what you're all about. Um, and again, the same thing tends to happen. You set a feedback and the feedback is like, it just doesn't really re- read like a book or it's hard to find the gold or the actionable steps inside all these words. And they're just, you know, people sort of still get left with a lot of work to be done. Yeah. So that tends to be the two um, major I guess mistakes, but you know, it, they're not fatal. You're yeah,
0: not yeah, fixed. yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and I think uh, I think for me, I tried to. I really wanted to tell a bit of a story as well. I think because when I'm speaking, I constantly, you know, when I'm even when I'm coaching people around speaking, I'm like always use a story sandwich. It's like bring people into the story, tell mm. them why this is important, explain to them what hap- what's happening in the market. Uh, and why this matters uh, and maybe any research or information or insights that you have and then teach them how to then deal with the problem or, you know, learn how to do it better or whatever it is. So I kind of took the same approach with my book. I feel like I wasn't that structured maybe when I started. I kind of had an idea but then the more that I wrote it, I tried to do my story sandwich approach Um, just so that it was more relatable as well. So I think that that was sort of how I started to write it.
1: Um,
0: But I also think like I wrote and then I did take one of the podcasts that did really well and people really resonated with, and I used the transcript at the end. And Mm. then there was something else that I'd been talking about, which is hiring yourself as a CEO, which massively resonated with my audience. So at the very, it was like at the 10th hour or the ninth hour, whatever hour they say is the last hour. (laughs) Is it the 12th hour? (laughs) Anyway, I added the chapter on hire yourself as the CEO. So that was kind of just through listening. So I feel like my process was pretty all over the shop, if I'm honest. Um, But yeah, coming back to it and looking through it, it felt quite uh, like it was in a good order by the end but it wasn't something that was like I did from the start.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting what you said there about, you know, your story and you wanted to tell your story. And I think that's a big element because I think that's a really, really important part that a lot of people do miss, particularly when they're, um, they're wanting to share their expertise. Like if it's part of their business or their brand and they're wanting to share their expertise, they feel like they have to have all the answers to everything. They're just so comprehensive that it's just missing the soul of it. And the reason that people are wanting to do business with you or they're attracted to you is, is is for you, like it's being you. And um, sometimes when people sit down to write, they take all of that out of it thinking, oh, they need to be informative. But it's the story that binds a, a really good book together. So when you've got all these lessons and then you've got this your story behind it and, and it's only your story, it can't be anyone else's, that's what makes it a really good book. And that's one thing that you definitely had all throughout. So the structure, just bringing the structure together was easy because you already had the story.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think for me, I mean, everybody knows, like, I love listening to Brené Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert, and they are some of the most iconic, amazing, incredible storytellers. And I could listen to them all day. So for me, there has to be story in order for me to learn the lesson. Because I yeah. feel like you can kind of get the do's and don'ts of, you know, branding or business or whatever, but tell me a really amazing story of how you learned that or what happened. And I'll never forget that. And I think Absolutely. that's the difference. So even when I read a book, I'm just like, I love, I love story. And they'll
1: remember that, 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 that lesson came from you. Yeah because it's your story and that's what they remember and they'll remember those lessons that they've applied to their own life but they'll remember that that was your story that got them there
0: yeah yeah and I just think it's so much more relatable as well like you Absolutely. know it's, it is the whole thing if you want to build a personal relationship with your reader you want them to feel like they know you so I think that those sorts of things are are really important so whilst we're talking about that is there a way that you recommend people write like if just say we're starting from scratch and we've mm. got like a blank canvas blank page <laughs> how like is there some sort of formula that writers use or what have you seen that's worked really well as well
1: yeah well I guess there's a lot of formulas and um and it all gets down to um, if this book's for your business or your brand, and just get really, really clear about what the message is and who you're serving. Um, so the first thing is decide where this book is going to fit into your mix because it's going to be different for everyone. And so you're kind of building your own formula, just like you are with your own marketing. Like no two businesses are ever the same. No two, book, two books are ever the same. And if, if it's going to be part of your body of work, where does it fit into your mix? And, what's this book going to do for you because if you're not really pumped to talk about it for the next two years um, it's just not going to be fun for you so you might want to write that book you might want to have that book but really like it has to be part of um, and you do have to tell so much story and you do um, you know the best books like you said like they've got that story to them and so if you're not really wanting to share that part of you um, it's probably not going to be a fun process for you Um, but I think the biggest thing is what's the transformation you want to see in the people that are going to read it so think about the people that you serve and really think deeply about where are you taking them through this experience Um, and then what's their next step so because this book is for your business or brand where do they go once they finish with your book um how can you stay connected and have them stay in your orbit um, and just start chunking down all the pieces you want to move them through in order to achieve that transformation and as you start to form those pieces, you may see areas where you need to bring in other expertise um, in order for you to sort of really articulate your message in the most powerful way um, and pieces start coming together, but I really think that um. Once you've got your pieces of, of um, pieces that you're wanting to share, having help with someone structuring that for your message to get your outcome is always um, probably <laughs> going to really fast track your process and make it a whole lot more enjoyable. And it'll also help you get really clear on what this book is um, really all about, the themes for your book
0: yeah i have to so we do have to kind of go a little bit back into when you and i first started working together (laughs) because linda was like suzanne what's your goal and i'm like i want to be on a bookstore like in a bookshelf uh at the airport airport. when i'm (laughs) going off to like speak at an event i want it to be and she's like yes but what but why like what's your goal what do you want this book to do and i'm like well great visuals by the way (laughs) So, but yeah, I think for me, I was like, my goal, if I'm honest, apart from obviously sharing this message and, you know, with my community and building my audience is I wanted to use it as a marketing tool to get on some really big podcasts. That was like Mm. one of my main goals. And so Linda said to me, well, being at the airport on the shelf is not really potentially going to get you to that goal. So when it comes to the goal of your book... Do you have any words of wisdom or thoughts <laughs> around, like how do we need to think about that goal? Um,
1: well, I guess I see a lot of people coming to me and they've been watching launches and they're ready to launch. <laughs> so um, when I, what I see um, a lot of people doing is watching, modelling, following other big name launches, which is an absolutely fantastic thing to do, like particularly sort of... Um, as business owners, you know, you, you model and you, you see what's working and you then you implement that. Um, but the biggest mistake I see from that is that they follow all the launches and they either get inspired and want to combine every single tactic they've seen from the past, say, 10 or through the launches and um, they've watched and they want to put that into their launch, so all of it. Um, or they want to follow what their favourite author just did to the absolute T and um, thinking that even if they achieved a fraction of that success with the smaller audience they have, um, they would consider that a success. And I guess the problem with both of those approaches is it doesn't really take into consideration that they might have a different category of book. (laughs) So some categories are a bit more competitive than others, so it's harder to break through, and some categories... um, sell easier than others um, or their work speaks to a different audience or they're at a different stage or a different maturity of their business um, and the biggest thing I guess the most important thing is that that type of launch isn't going to achieve what they want their book to achieve for their business so it's getting um, really clear on what you're wanting to want what you're wanting that book to do for you and to that end once the launch is done, um, you know, has that helped to build your brand or expand your message or attract new clients? And if not, that, you know, how can you do that? So really um, work your way back in what tactics or what strategies can you implement or learn from those that are going to get you to where you want it to go? Because, yeah, say an airport is not necessarily for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know why. I was just like, that's where I want to be. I'm not quite sure why an airport, yeah. but anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and also consider where your audience sits, where they live, so and where you naturally um, where you naturally converse with them. So, say Insta Stories. If you're if you're relying on a lot of marketing through Instagram to attract your audience, and they naturally uh, say audio listeners, say podcasts, then. Think about the audiobook, and then if you're thinking about the audiobook, you don't necessarily need to be on a big list to find them. You know, you can be you can be doing all sorts of other things that will find that audience and sell more books, and then expand your audience, achieve your outcome. So you don't have to do all the things. <laughs> doing all the things is only going to um, exhaust you yeah. <laughs> and also really dilute what you're trying to do. Um, you really only need two or three really key things um, in for your book to really succeed and achieve what you're wanting to achieve with it. It doesn't have to be everywhere. It doesn't have to do everything for everyone because that just doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, obviously I was uh, disappointed that I didn't have the same dancers that Marie Folio had at her book launch. You can't do it all. Um, <laughs> hey, they pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like when I went to a book launch, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even think of having dancers at my book launch party. <laughs> I thought That's the dancing right. was pretty good. Oh, no. <laughs> I had a waiter that brought me champagne on stage, so I was quite happy with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And I think that yeah, being really clear on that goal is important. I think the other thing that we sort of talked about um, were really the calls to action in the book as well. So each mm. section, so there's several chapters in each section of Play Big, Brand Bold, and then there's like you can go to the resources and download like worksheets so that you can actually implement what's in the book as well so that's you know that was like another way of engaging the reader to like you said to have the outcome that I wanted them to have it was also an absolute um tool and lead into BBA which is Brand Builders Academy so I think just having those bigger goals of I want it to be engaging. I want to tell my story. I want it to be actionable. I want to give them additional resources. So that was something I kind of did once again at, it was kind of, you know, at the last minute um, because I thought, Oh, we need to do that. Uh, and then, yeah. And then I really like how Rachel Hollis did a lot of her ongoing engagement around the book for, I think it was Girl, Wash Your Face or I think it was Girl, Stop Apologising, one of those. So I sort of watched her on Instagram and like, even after the book had been out for quite a while, she has done a number of things to continue to get engagement and energy around the book. Cause you don't kind of want to have just that big bang and then it's, and then it's done like after all mm. the work and effort you've gone into. So I think for me, that's something over the next month or two, I'm going to really look at what is my ongoing marketing strategy for the book, which will be podcast outreach, uh, you know, as well as doing ongoing engagement bits and pieces and then Audible will be hopefully in February is my plan because like you said I've got my amazing podcast community and I'm a big Audible listener as well so it's something that I would just want to do.
1: Yeah it's a huge category and, and a lot of authors are finding particularly if their audience is largely finding them through podcasts, they, their Audible or audio sales outsell any other category. So they'll outsell the ebooks, the paperbacks. So um, it's, it's well worth doing if you're, you've got a large podcast audience. Yeah. And also like what you're saying about being clear about your strategy. So it's not just about getting to launch and then launching. It's about what's my pre-launch? What's my during launch during that frantic few weeks? when you're when you're actually doing your physical launch and all the excitement's building and then what's your long term because these books can live on forever so they they can, can continue to because you're always going to be finding new audiences there's always going to be people discovering you and this the content in your book doesn't age you know it's 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 a, it's good solid advice that's really foundational for for many years to come like you you know a few updates here and there as yeah. you know but I love that but I did love that
0: yeah when you do self-publish as well or you were sort of saying if you want to make a tweak down the track or you want to change something or add something that's that's like such an easy thing to do and it'd be like is it a second edition or what? it depends how extensive the updates are yeah. and
1: it depends if you're if there's things that you're really wanting to push out as new content, if, if there's new technologies available, people want to know they're getting the most up to date. So you could definitely put out another audition, uh, edition, and say the you know, updated edition for whatever year it is, and then they know they're getting the latest of everything. So yeah, there's there's um, no reason you can't just keep updating uh, and pushing out new editions. Um, and when you update the ebook people can just download the new edition into their library. So it's nice and easy for them. It's all very frictionless.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, Because, yeah, I do, I mean, I was actually a little bit conscious of not dating the book. So I was really conscious of not talking about a lot of technologies and things because I just thought, you know, the minute you publish it and things change, it's like, well, (laughs) that's kind of a bit out of date. So I was sort of conscious to try and ensure that what I was talking about was more foundational uh, so yeah, no, that's great. And so just around the process of working with you and all of the bits and pieces, just so that my audience understands what that looks like, how, how does it work? Cause I think the thing that I loved about you and working with you is that I always say, I try and just stick with what I'm good at and what I know so I wrote the book I'm like well done Suze now it's time to like give it over to somebody else who can just kind of bring it to life and you know I love the fact that I gave you a word document and you gave me this amazing looking book um you know and, and there was obviously a lot that happened in between um that I just didn't want I just didn't have time to deal with and I didn't I don't have the expertise to deal with either. So just as far as that process goes, can you just give us a little bit of an overview of some of the things that, that it takes to bring that book into a physical kind of, you know, thing at the end of the yeah. day?
1: <laughs> yes. And that's the thing. I guess once you've, once you've done the hard yards and really got the words down, it just becomes a bit of a process. So it's actually quite, there's a lot of decisions to make along the way, but they're easy decisions once you're really clear on your outcome. So once we take it from the Word doc, we got we got the editing done um, and then we started collaborating on the cover and what the interior would look like. And that was where we had a few sidesteps, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally fine because we're self-publishing and we can make these decisions. So um, you were a little bit uncertain about, you know color interior, black and white, so we did both. <laughs> we did yeah. a version of both yeah and um you know see what what's going to resonate with your audience the most so we did did the full layout and we did it in color and we did it in black and white, and then we printed a book, you know some prototypes decided on this is the paper this is the you know we're going (laughs) color it was amazing like it was
0: amazing so I got a package in the mail and for those of you who follow me on insta stories and I think it's under my book highlights you can still go and watch this is when they arrived I like took them out I was like oh my gosh like it's here and so there were three versions there was the version that was super super premium where the the um, colour was dense and the paper was thick and just beautiful. (laughs) But (laughs) Linda was like, if you use this, you'll be paying people to buy your book because of the cost Mm. that it, it was to actually create something that premium. And then the second book was what we ended up with, which I still think is amazing and the paper's gorgeous and the colours there. Mm. And then there was the black and white one, which was black and white, and then the paper was quite thin. And I was just like, that's not part of my brand experience. That's not the brand experience I want my readers to have when they buy my book. Like, yeah, that was really important to me. And
1: that's the thing, so for some people that is not, even a consideration, and for you that was really important. And that's the great thing about collaborating on these and making the decisions as we go. Like it's got a, we've got a process, but there's so many decisions you can make and so many different turns you can make. And when we sat down and looked at the pricing, like, okay, what for this type of book, what's the price point? You know, this category, what you know, what, what's the price range that people would be expecting to pay for these books in this category? Here's the price range. Okay, well, if we go super premium, one it's probably not necessary to go super premium because there is people don't necessarily have that expectation. And two, yeah, you're pricing yourself out of the market just to yeah. make it just to break even. So it's not worth it, but it's good to know that, you know, it's good to go through those exercises and then, and then find that happy medium. So it wasn't black and white. It wasn't super exy color. Yeah. It was like a really
0: beautiful um, textured color yeah and I was so so happy with the quality like I just think you know I think that I was like that if I got that I would be well happy so I thought yeah yeah, that's definitely the way I want to go and the interesting thing was because we did go through all the costs and that and I always do say to my listeners like not don't assume things like know and understand when you make a decision so even when we were talking about it I'm like how much was it, like how much would it be to go colour? And you were like, it would be more. And I'm like, but how much more? Is it like $5? Mm -hmm. Is it $10? Like how much more? And so instead of assuming that it might be out of my price range, we actually went and we got the figures and we looked at it and I'm like, I'm totally fine with that figure. Like I'm okay with it. I actually never, I know that it's probably not the most commercial thing, but I never wrote the book to make money. I wrote the book as something that I wanted to create. I wanted it to be part of my marketing. I wanted it to be part of what I did. Um, and obviously the fact that there's some revenue in it is just a bonus. Nice. Um, but obviously if you were to print in black and white, if that, if color is not, an, you know, something that you want, then the profit margin is a lot higher as well. So from a money perspective, like any thoughts or anything around you know, profitability of books and expectations of profitability.
1: Yeah. And it, it, I guess it's a, it's a bit of a dance or a bit of a mix of, okay, because we were doing another book at the same time where um, there was, you know, quite a lot of interior just sort of design of the pages, but, the colour was not important Um, and it was more about let's produce this on mass and get this out to on mass and it needs to break even within so many, you know, it was a market, it was a marketing expense that needed to be paid back um, in a, you know, with a certain expectation of time. And so it's different for everyone and what they're using um, a book in their business for, what it's, what they're trying to achieve. So with the pricing, um, it comes down to a few things, what the reader is expecting to pay and how, you know, and then your costs and how do you, um, what sort of profit are you wanting to achieve in between and then kind of just mixing them and seeing how you can, you know, reju- perhaps reduce the number of pages, um, you know, there's a few adjustments to layout to reduce the number of pages and that might then achieve the goal or going to a different paper or going you know there's there's lots and lots of different ways to achieve the outcome it just might take a little bit of creativity in the middle (laughs) to experiment and pull the levers on um the costs versus what you what the reader expects to pay and and just kind of mix sort of like you know play around with those Um, all those levers that you can be pulling until you get to something that you're really happy with.
0: Yeah. And I have to be honest, when I wrote my book, I did not budget anything. I just was like, once again, the fairies were going to help me out. Um, And so I think that's, you know, I've learned so much in the process around, uh, you know, around just cost and, you know, investment and the marketing side of it and how long it takes and all the rest of it. But one thing I did want to cover was around publishers Because Mm. this was a big one for me. And I did speak to you about it. I think I've mentioned it to my community before. I actually went into a bookshop. And I looked at all the books in my genre. So I looked at Emma Isaac and I looked at um, Brené Brown or whoever was more of an Australian publisher, like so um, Lorraine Murphy, those sorts of things. And I went and took a photo of their publishers, like who their publishers were. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to hit up like 10 or 20 publishers who I know print this genre of book, which is women in business type book. Uh, yeah. and then we spoke. And do you want to just share a little bit around I guess how publishers work if they're not coming to you and if you're kind of going to them, what that looks like. Because this was something that I was completely unaware of.
1: There's a few things that and, and I this is not going to be I'm I work with people who are also working with a traditional publisher and I work on their launch for them um so i'm not against um traditional publishing if it's the right thing for you i was just about Um, to say i think
0: it's just understanding and knowing the difference and like why you might choose one over the other yeah
1: yeah um so i guess there's there's a timing so when you're pitching once you've got your manuscript together presumably like you've written your your book and you're then thinking okay should i self-publish or should i go with traditional publisher and they'll do everything for me Um, sometimes the process can take up to two years to see it on the shelves so once you've pitched and they might make you an offer uh, and then they'll um, perhaps give you an advance sometimes not and then they go through the the process you do lose a little bit of control along the way so your your beautiful cover probably wouldn't have happened (laughs) 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 because they have a team in place that does this for their livelihood they'll design a cover and you may have some input you may not it just depends on what sort of deal you've made um, and then um, you'll go through the process you'll go through the editing process they'll um, make the edits that they feel is suitable for their audience and um, you'll, you might see it on the shelves in a couple of years' time and their um, sort of PR windows usually run six weeks they'll they'll start pushing some PR out for you for six weeks. Getting the deal is, is different for everyone, but quite often they'll be asking you things like how big's your audience and how you know how big's your email list and how big's your all your different channels. And quite often if you really thought about it um, and if you are actively marking your marketing your own business, you might start to think, well, if I've got all this audience <laughs> that they're wanting to leverage <laughs> But you might not need them. You might not actually need them because you're already, um, you know, very engaged with your own audience. So there's that. um, I can't remember exactly what we talked about that
0: day. I think for me the big thing was the IP, the ownership Mm. of the IP. And so that for me was a a deal breaker. A deal breaker, yeah. Yeah, because I speak about Play Big Brand Bold because there are elements of the book in the course, Brand Builders Academy, Like I was like, nobody else can own this IP, like it's mine. And so I think Mm. it was if you approach a publisher, then it's kind of like that's part of the deal for them is that they own that. But if they approach you, then you may have more say because they're, they're like saying, well, we want you to publish with us. But yeah. for me, I was just like, I real. I was like, I would love to be on a bookshelf. I would love to be published by a publisher. And then we t- we were talking and you were like, well, they'll own the IP. And I was like, where that's done where that's like a non-negotiable for me. Yeah,
1: so so yeah, a lot a lot of their contracts are written where they'll they own that IP for the things that you're the themes that you're discussing in that book. So they won't own everything you have, but yeah, the yeah. things that, that that book is actually commissioned for. Um, they'll learn the IP on that and it'll usually be a a certain period of time so it doesn't work for people who this is part of something they're going to be speaking about or this is part of a really crucial model that they have that forms um, a big part of their work and um, the work they do so yeah it doesn't work for everyone and quite often yeah if you're a first-time author um, and you're approaching a publisher that is the perhaps the type of um contract that they'd be offering you if yeah if for someone like yeah Brene Brown it might be different <laughs> not <laughs> yet not yet Linda. one day but not yet yeah so she's written a few books you know she speaks about it she's <laughs> she, yeah you know it's, it's probably a very different contract but um for a first-time author who's really seeking a publisher there's probably a lot more restrictions and uh, yeah multiple book author who has a, a you know can probably command a few different things in their contract but it is something to look out for if you are offered a contract particularly yeah for non-fiction so if it's a fiction book yeah go for it because it's not like you're going to be talking about these stories.
0: (laughs) Yeah true and I guess even if you're wanting to write a book for your business but it's not you know um, I guess content that you use in paid products or elsewhere in your business but it's just you know another thing that's great to be known for then that could could also work.
1: And that's, yeah, that's how a lot of, um, authors do kind of, um, they position it. They'll, they'll shave off a piece of their work that isn't crucial to the other things that they're wanting to talk about at that particular time. And they'll create a book out of that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Anything else we need to know about self-publishing when it comes to either planning for it or like how long it kind of takes? Because I feel like you were sort of saying it takes a publisher up to two years. Mm. I don't know. Did we start speaking in like April or May? And then I like we launched in November. I feel like it was maybe I think it was July. Was it was it? <laughs> oh my so. gosh. It could have been. I was just looking at my calendar it could have been July. Wow. That was a short period of time. What's the normal length of time you would say?
1: I'd say with self-publishing, there is no normal. However, there is certain things you can do to alleviate the stress on yourself. (laughs) So, So even just having these conversations earlier, even if you're not planning on launching um, even, you know, for a year out, there's so much you can be doing between now and then that um, will help when it comes to launch time, or you can start seeding things. So the longer you can seed um, your book, the better it's going to be and more receptive people and and the anticipation is going to build for your book. So there is no one particular timeline. However, depending on your audience and depending on um, the capacity you have to actually market it at launch, sometimes it does, it is better to stretch it out a little bit and plan for it a bit more and have it part of your natural marketing um, a little bit further out. And also it takes the pressure off you. Like we had for us, it was very condensed and it was was totally fine because you go fast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just get it done.
1: (laughs) so that was it worked for you but but making all those decisions like there was even though we had a really good plan there was still a million decisions like it's a Mm -hmm. very collaborative process and I I don't make the final decision on your product I show you all the options Mm -hmm. all the ways you can go with uh, to achieve what we want to achieve and then the decision is with you so if you if you're the type of person that really needs to think about it for a couple of days or really um mull it over or see a few different options yeah don't put that pressure on yourself
0: to have yeah a I, think the only, I think the only thing that I really wanted to say was the finished product before I made the decision on what we went with so mm. I think that everything else I felt like I could make a fairly quick decision and get stuff done I did when I spoke to Linda initially I uh, I did say I wanted my book launch on the 21st of November which was the day before my birthday <laughs> Yes. So I was like, that is like my heart sort of, that's that's the date I want to have my book launch party. So the book wasn't even a reality. And I was like, okay, that's the date of the book launch party. Um, so fingers <laughs> crossed we get there. But yeah, I I think that next time for me, I would obviously have a much longer lead time. Um, And I think I would also, like you said, because I was speaking to Julia Farrakane from St Copy PR who uh, did the in-conversation session at at the book launch. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, And, yeah, I would also get my PR working like months because I think she said you want to get started at least three months before the book launches with PR Mm. and stuff. So I feel like, yeah, it's just kind of getting all of that in place. But I think it's Mm. knowing, like I had no idea. So I was just like, who knows what's going to happen. But I think having great people around you who understand the way things work is like the best thing you can do.
1: Yeah, and particularly with PR, if you're wanting to engage PR, they um, they do definitely work with, um, you know, saying that there's, there's still some more traditional models that are still working to those kind of timelines. And if you're wanting to be in a print magazine, but, you know you need to have it done six months earlier, and yeah, you know, but when they're actually writing the article about or writing a profile piece about you. So it, it, you really need to, again, like once you know this is what I wanted to do for me, then if print media is going to be a big part of that um, push, then that really adjusts the timeline quite considerably because, yeah, for, for print magazines, you, yeah, you need five to six months lead time pitching before that you know (laughs) there's there's all sorts of things that need to go into that kind of medium so it really just depends on um, where your people are where your channels are all these all these considerations up front and then going from there so that wasn't an option for us even if you wanted to because we had this hard deadline and I think that's another thing also setting yourself a deadline so setting yourself a launch date everything tends to just fall into place from there once you have once you're really clear about this is my launch date, and these are. This is where I'm going with it. Um, it. It all just, you know, time bends for you when you make a deadline.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Yeah, and I think also having a deadline that you're motivated by. So if you kind of just pick a random date then and you're like, oh, well, if we launch, then it's great. If we don't, like, it doesn't matter. Whereas I was like the day before my birthday, I want to launch. So for me, that was my motivator. I was like, I want to become a publisher before next birthday. Don't ask me why. That was just something I had in my head. So I went with it. But, um, yeah. but I think having a date that you're motivated, motivated by I think is is really good as well and also it's the whole thing of the more time you give yourself the longer it things will take so it's just like you know I think as long as you're giving yourself a reasonable amount of time um, and you are happy to make fast decisions and things like that then I think that it can work out but yeah I'd give myself more time next time mm-hmm. next time listen to okay. me next time <laughs> It obviously wasn't scarring enough for me not to say next time, but that's all. Well, I awesome. hope it was a good experience. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I've just, I really have learned so much in the process. Like, I, like I said, I did a word document, and I'm like, I don't know what, what next. Uh, and I, you know, like I always say, I just Google stuff, and I was like on YouTube going, what do you do at a book launch party? I asked you, I asked Julia, I'm like, so what do people do at a book launch party? I'm like, I just want to drink champagne and dance and like sign books. (laughs) (laughs) That's when Julia was like, do you want me to do an in conversation session? I'm like, sure. Um, so I think, yeah, just don't be scared by not knowing. I think that you kind of work things out as you go. And if you are going to, embark on writing a book then absolutely could not um, could not recommend you enough Linda I just think you made the process so easy and answered all my questions and you know you were very um, generous with all of my random (laughs) all of my random I want to be on a bookshelf in an airport type comment so yeah I think it was I think it was an amazing process so it's yeah it's exciting and thank you for all your help
1: well congratulations it's a it's a gorgeous book visually
0: and it's got a lot of solid stuff in it too thank you it's been so exciting to see I keep saying it's like seeing pictures of it in London and Germany and you know different places has been like quite mind-blowing but it's yeah I I just have loved the process of it and I am already thinking about my next book Fantastic. won't be anytime soon, but it will be, mm. I already know what the next one's going to be. So that's, I kind of think it can't have been too bad. <laughs> but anyway, if people want to find you, where's the best place? We're going to have all your links in the show notes, but where, where should they connect with you?
1: Yep. So um, website is bookboffin.com um, on Facebook, um, on Instagram, Twitter, um, all, all the, the usual same. places.
0: Fantastic. That's so good. Well, thank you so much for today.
1: My pleasure. Thank
0: you. So how did you find that? Are you thinking about writing a book this year, next year, the year after? Is it something that's on the cards for you? I have to say it's been an amazing experience. I really had no idea like how it was going to be or what the experience was going to be, but I knew that I wanted to write a book. I knew that it was part of my personal brand strategy as well. Uh, and now that I've done it once, I feel like I kind of know how to navigate it. And I would absolutely be hiring Linda again the next time just to make that a really simple process. Uh, as I said before, I would definitely be hiring for PR as well uh, the next time I do it. But it's it's so, it's so such an exciting thing to do. Uh, and I think that if you've got something to say, if you've got a message, if you've got something to teach, you do want to build a personal brand uh, and and your business brand, then I just would highly recommend it if I'm honest. Uh, between the podcast and writing a book and being a speaker uh, and a coach, it's just something I hadn't really envisaged for myself and it's just been such an incredible journey and I'm really excited to share some of the lessons from this year with you next week on the podcast as well as some special guests that might be coming along too for the ride. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then obviously I'd love you to share this uh, wherever you like to share things. But obviously you can tag Linda and myself on Insta Stories. She's at Linda underscore diggles, So you can find her there on Instagram. But, you know, I hope that it helped you if you're thinking about writing your own book or maybe it's planted the seed, which is pretty exciting as well. So thanks so much for listening and being here. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to share it with your friends and community. And I would love you to leave a review on iTunes. That would be amazing. I would so appreciate it. Obviously, you can follow me on all platforms at Suze Chadwick, but you know I love to hang out on Insta. So until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.